Will the Rockets ever get Carmelo? Does he make them good enough to beat the Warriors? Should James Harden have won the MVP award? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today I am excited to go through some Houston Rockets with Kurt Lowe who is a basketball analyst, radio personality, and he writes for HouseOfHouston.com, and he is all Rockets all the time. you got to check him out when he calls in, I think, daily uh, on uh, to the SiriusXM NBA channel and likes to uh, you know, get uh, Eddie Johnson and um, Justin Termini all up in a bunch every time you call him in there. So, Kurt Lowe, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You got it. You got now. It's interesting that people can't see this, but you are. You got your full Rockets uh, jersey on. Who? What number are you wearing? I'm wearing Dwight Howard, and I'm ashamed of it. Okay. But I got Calvin Murphy that signed, so that's all that matters. So you got well. So you have a Dwight Howard jersey, a big man with Calvin Murphy, the small one of the smallest guys to play uh, signature. That's interesting. It's got uh, some things going on there. And uh, yeah, Calvin Murphy. I'll tell you the story. Calvin Murphy. I actually didn't want to sign it. You know what I'm saying? I put it in. I signed it. He told his colleague. I said, man, I'm just, I'm your second best fan, man. You know what I'm saying? You're the second best player in the Rockets history. I, I need, I need this signature. All right. And he did it for you then. So he couldn't say no to you. No, he couldn't say no. Or I was going to come down there and make him one of the two. Who's taller, you or Calvin Murphy? We about the same height, I think. Well, Murphy's a small little guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is, and you got your you got your cowboy hat on too. It's interesting because uh, I don't take you for a cowboy. Not at all. But this is Texas, so we gonna wear a cowboy hat today. Now, talk to me really quickly about what happened in Houston uh, with the um, the hurricane. Uh, everything okay with you? Absolutely. Uh, uh, pray for everybody in Houston. There's still people out here that's uh, that's homeless because of this. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not too worried about the rich people. You know what I'm saying? I'm more worried about the people that's, that ain't got, you know, they ain't got a living paycheck to paycheck and they got flushed out of their apartments on the first floor. Pray for those people because they need the help. I have a question for you about that because what was interesting to me was how many heroes there were with their boats, you know, these regular everyday people saving lives, right, all day long for that whole, you know, several days. Where were the professionals? who work for the government who are supposed to be in there doing all that stuff. Did you feel like there was, there were, they were around as well helping people? No, not at all. And uh, that's, uh, you know, the, the, you know, everybody came together. It didn't matter what race, religion you was. Everybody was helping everyone. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's disasters like this that bring us together. You know, thanks be to God. Yeah. I, I just thought it was weird because it's like it's kind of dangerous, and you know, and again, it's heroic and incredible. Those stories were amazing of these everyday people with their little tiny boats going around helping people. But I kept thinking, you know, where are the helicopters? Where are the you know the National Guard? Where are like you know all those uh, the Navy or whoever is going to come in there with these you know and save people? I, I just I don't know. I just didn't see it, and I'm just wondering if someone in Houston, if if like you didn't see that at all when you were anywhere where you were. Well, I, I, did, I did see it after a while, you know, after one or two days. Yeah. You know, what really pissed me off was Joel Osteen not opening his church for everybody else. You know what I'm saying? They had to right. take a public backlash for that man to open up his church. That's yeah. terrible. Right. Well, that okay. goes to that 
let's give him a you know a half a benefit of the doubt. He did do it and he did open it, I guess, right uh, at some point. But uh, but but point, good point. Uh, you know, it's it's really frustrating when when you have to call those people out in in uh, in public to get them to do anything. But let's let's go over to the Rockets because now that you know things are, I imagine are, are things are getting back to normal now in Houston a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's been uh, rainless for about one or two weeks, and it started back up uh, one or two days ago. But uh, everything is uh, went down okay, uh, to where it should be. Uh, well, it's, it's 90 degrees over in Houston oh, wow. in the fall time. Well, here we go then. Let's let's. It's time to break into the rocket stuff. So we got the rockets. Uh, you know, nothing has happened with the whole mellow thing. And what's the pulse in Houston these days as far as whether they want them or not? Houston Rocket fans are wanting Carmelo Anthony, and they're expecting him. You know, you ever check that? You ever go on uh, uh, Wojnowski's page on ESPN? Anytime he puts out something, there's always going to be 10 or 15 Rocket fans that go in there and say, hey, I want to hear nothing about Melo. What's going on? What's up with Melo? You know what I'm saying? Uh, so excited to get this guy. Me, myself, don't say the same same enthusiasm, but that's just me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So you're okay. not that you, you don't so want Melo to come on the team, or, or do you? Oh, absolutely not. Did anybody watch Carmelo Anthony play basketball last year? It was horrible. It was horrible to watch. You know, people always want to blame. Uh, uh, I've never seen so many excuses for one player in my life. You know what I'm saying? It, the guy, it wasn't Phil Jackson out there losing. It was Carmelo Anthony. What are people not realizing that? It wasn't, it wasn't Phil Jackson out there playing no defense. It was Carmelo Anthony out there playing no defense. You know what I'm saying? There's times where this guy would, would, would just jack up shots. Tw- I mean, I think he, would, he had an effective field goal percentage of like 48% or 49%. That's terrible, man. That's a horrible percentage. That's insane. You know, that's Corey Brewer status. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh-oh. We can we cannot share our disdain for Corey Brewer's game uh, as well. It's been a whole podcast on that. Uh, well, I'm just looking, you know, in defense of, uh, of Melo, I'm looking at his stats right now. His true shooting percentage last year was 535. It, it, it was actually higher than the year before. At Hyatt's had been in three years. So here's the thing: like, look at his numbers. You know, it, it, you know, he averaged 22.4 points a game. Played 34 minutes. Uh, grabbed about you know, six boards and three assists. You know, you know, I, I understand the eye test doesn't really give you that, but he definitely like you know there was production being had, wouldn't you say? It do. It, it does. See, people need to understand. It's not about how many points you score. It's about how many shots it took to get those points. That determines a win, and that determines a loss in the NBA. Uh, it doesn't. I mean, people can make it like I said, the true true shooters and percentage. It, 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 it's with uh, 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 how many free throw attempts and how many free throws made is with it. Yeah, effective field goal percentage is the new field goal percentage in the NBA nowadays. All so right, it, that's it true. adds the. That was four. Yeah, that was forty-eight point eight percent. So you're right. It was low. It's very low, you know what I'm saying? And if you look at the Rockets, you know what I'm saying? Every one of those, I mean, there's 15 guys on that roster last year that was better, had a better effective field goal percentage than him. Uh-huh. But I understand what you're saying when you say the true, 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 uh, true shooting percentage, though. But, either, but you're right. You, you made a good point. But that's, here, let, let's throw this out there, though, because if you think about how everybody in the Rockets does shoot better because their, their offense was better, they have more talent. So wouldn't you argue that, like, with Melo – and by the way, Melo clearly didn't really want to be in New York, right? It was a terrible, you know, shit show there. So yeah. – if you think about it, you know, maybe there's going to be a resurgence there. If he gets into a better situation, he'll play better. What, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I believe, listen, this, listen, everybody wants to say he never had a point guard. When he had a point guard with Jason Kidd, I was talking to Stephen A. Smith about this, and he said specifically he never had a point guard. And when he did have Jason Kidd, 
he was he was better. You know what I'm saying? So I expect him to be a little bit better than what he was. But think about this. Would you rather have a Ryan Anderson that shoots 40 percent from three, our best three point shooter, uh, or you want 35 percent a three point shooter mellow? Which one do you want? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm taking Ryan Anderson nine out of ten times with that three that last three point shot. Now, was he bad in the playoffs? Yes. But he shot. Uh, see, this is the thing. People get it misconstrued what Ryan Anderson did last year in the playoffs. He shot 14 percent and I mean, 12 percent from three in OKC. But the whole team for the Rockets shot 24 percent from three in the playoffs. OK, I, I, I mean, in that OKC series. But in that San Antonio Spurs series where they guard the three the best, you know what I'm saying? Ryan Anderson shot 39 percent from three. I mean, some of it's warranted. Some, he's good on the home. He's good on the way and he's good on the home. But I'm taking Ryan Anderson because he's the best fit for uh, uh, Harden and CP3. Think about it. CP3 was very effective when he had J.J. Redick over there. You know what I'm saying? J.J. Redick is a great spot-up three-point shooter. And, and when you double-team these guys, double-team Harden, you double-team him, you want that three-point shooter effect because you can't have yeah, – because they'll, they'll just double-team Harden or whatever it is. They'll trap them into uh, plays and make the other guys beat them. And Melo's got to make that shot. If he can, but the thing with Melo is, it's not about is it, 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 is effective. It, it, it's the way he gets the ball and it just goes up into the air. It never comes back out. It's like the black hole. You know what I'm saying? Once you once the ball gets to Melo, it ain't coming back out to no one. So right. that that's a big problem in the Dan Antonio's ball movement. You know what I'm saying? A, a predicated offense. And remember, Carm- uh, Dan Antonio quit the next day after Carmelo complained. He, it was either him. Or Dan Antonio and Dan Antonio quit that next day. So you know what I'm saying? And you're gonna bring this back over to Dan Antonio. There's gonna be some problems, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all don't see it, but there's and and, that, and not all of that, Coach. Let me one more thing. The defense is gonna be one of the worst in the league. Can you imagine James Harden and Carmelo Anthony on the same court? You know what I'm saying? They're both lazy when it comes to defense. So that is gonna be given up. If one man breaks down on defense, they all break down on defense. Okay, fair enough. But I, I guess I'm a lot more optimistic because they signed a lot of really good defensive players who can kind of cover for that. And also the argument could very well be, because I think that James Harden could be a terrific defender if he really wanted to. He has the tools and he's shown every little while, every once in a while, some ability to really play defense. So my argument would be, okay, take a lot of the load off of the offensive end, which he wanted, right? He went to management and said, get Chris Paul in here because I don't want to do that much work on offense anymore. Well, where is that energy going to go? Like, maybe more on the defensive end. He'll be maybe he'll be average. Uh, I, I think to me it's weird. I feel like with the mellow kind of situation, if he can get out of the New York situation and get into a better uh, environment, he'd be better. But you make a great point, and I don't think anyone's talking about it loudly enough. Is the fact that D'Antoni and him had already had issues. He already doesn't really fit into what they want to do. In fact, Melo doesn't fit into any kind of a system offense, right? No matter what, you want him to triangle, you want to run D'Antoni stuff. He wants to go back to the 90s where they just did ISO, you know, the clear out for him. Um, and so that's a problem either way. But if he ever did want to buy into that, I, I have a vision in my head of Melo and, um, uh, and Harden and Chris Paul really causing some problems. And there's something else that will be causing you some legitimate problems in your closet. Where to put all the great clothes you'll get from Bombfell. An easier way for men to get better clothing. It's as simple as completing a questionnaire, which then gets you matched up with your very own dedicated personal stylist. I'm not saying you're going to be friends with them, but you're going to want to be when you see how well they match the clothes with your personal taste. 
When you sign up, you pay nothing. You only pay for the clothes you keep, free shipping and returns, and you can preview the clothes your stylist picked out for you before they send them. I'm literally wearing an awesome button-down shirt that Bombfell delivered right to my door. It's really soft, very high quality, makes me look thin, and it fits me like a ball swishes in the net. Well, you get the idea. And it doesn't stop there. Go to bombfell.com slash coachnick. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash coachnick, and you'll get 25 bucks off your first purchase. Imagine going to the mall to shop for clothes. Now, imagine sitting on your couch with the game on and your feet up to shop for clothes. It's completely flexible. You decide how often you'll receive clothes, and you can pause or cancel at any time. You only pay for the clothes you keep, and they never charge above retail price. My favorite part is trying on all the clothes for my wife, and we do it just like a cheesy 80s montage, right down to the big thumbs up from her when she likes what Bombfell sent. So head over to bombfell.com slash coachnick, save 25 bucks on your first purchase, and start strutting down the street in some serious style. Plus, this is one of the best taglines I've ever heard. Check it out. Bombfell. Open and clothes. Here's the real question. Is it even good enough anyway to beat the Warriors? Uh, I think they would compete. Yeah, absolutely. In the playoffs, in playoffs, it, superstars and stars come out come out of nowhere. You know, you need superstars and stars to advance in the playoffs. That's why it was so important not to get rid of Kyrie Irving like they did over there for the Cavaliers. You cannot get rid of the goal. I am not breaking up Kobe and Shaq. You know what I'm saying? So the more more stars you have there, more scores. Remember, Coach, when the, when the defense in the, in the playoffs, defenses pick up. So it's a, it comes into a half court game. All right. So that defense, it, it, you got to have score uh, 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 consistent scores in the NBA. That's that was the problem with, with with the Rockets last year. They were relying too much on on Ryan Anderson to be the second option. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, it, and it fluctuated. That was the biggest problem. Well, here, the other thing I can note, I feel like is that if you're talking about fit. In the team as it is now, you could argue that Ryan Anderson is a better fit for the Rockets and what they need than Melo would be anyway, wouldn't you? Absolutely, and I'm trying to explain that to Rocket fans. They think I hate. They think I hate Melo. I'm explaining to you. Ryan Anderson is the best. He spreads the floor for Harden. That means he can drive to the lane, kick out, do what he wants to do. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep a guy on Ryan Anderson. You can't cheat on defense. Right. Wait. When people need to understand. Well, let's go back for a second. Please. You do you do hate Melo though? Uh, uh, no, I dislike him. <laughs> I can put back your soundbite from before. I, I, <laughs> I, I, let me tell you what I what I what I do what I do I, with, with Melo. I dislike his game. It's not nothing about him in, in general. You know what I'm saying? I don't know him personally. I don't know what he does off the court. Okay. When you when, when everybody when when George Carl is saying, man, there's uh, he he only cares about himself. When Dan Antonio's quitting because of this guy, Phil Jackson trying to get this guy to, to change his game, and he, he just refuses to change his game for the winning of the ball club. That's what I don't like, Coach. Yeah. Oh, I, I hear you. And it's the same. I mean, it, it, there's a similar similarity to me in, like, Russell Westbrook in theory. Um, but, yes, because I don't hate Russell Westbrook. Uh, his game frustrates me to no end. Uh, and, but and hey, the same with Melo. And I did a, a, a triangle offense breakdown, you know, this uh, a few weeks ago with explaining why – it wasn't that wasn't the issue, and uh, but I had to watch uh, se- several hundred possessions of him torpedoing the offense over and over again, and it was really annoying. Like not setting the screen, just cutting to get the ball instead of doing what he was supposed to do in the offense. Um, 
you know, and that just feed, everyone feeds off of that. Uh, now, the only question there is when you got Chris Paul and, and James Harden, both guys who are willing to give it up, um, either he takes advantage of that, right, or he gets to the program and, and kind of feels the energy of the ball moving and wants to contribute. I don't know. It's a, at this point, you know, Melo is, what, 12 years into his career, 30? maybe more? Yeah, he's 33. He's 33 years old. You, you, you're trying to change a guy that's been this way this whole time. I, I try to change my grandfather. Let me tell you, I try to get my grandfather to get on the computer. He refuses to get on the computer. You know what I'm saying? One time I had to buy him an iPad to show him. He still won't. He still won't go on the computer. You know what I'm saying? That's where everything's at. You know? And you can write. He likes to write articles. I like, hey, man, hey, this is what you could do it better on. No, I'm not doing that. When you get when you get to a stage and you're that stubborn. There's a problem, and you can't, you can't. I don't think it's going. I don't think he's going to change his game. Nothing has told me that he will change his game. Yeah, right. right. Uh, you, you, great point. Well, you know what? Well, let's let's talk about you know instead of what's going to happen, either or not, or we don't know. Uh, let's look at the roster right now and some of the pickups they made. I want to hear your take on some of these things because remember they they the, the, like I mentioned earlier, they signed guys like uh, Luke Mbamute, PJ Tucker. Um, who else did they sign? Is that is that kind of cover it? And those are two guys who can play some defense and will really help them. Um, and Troy Williams is also uh, – he might have been there before. Now I'm thinking about it. But either way, uh, what do you think about those pickups? Zook, uh, you, you, you forgot uh, – uh, uh, I don't know how to say it. Kui? Zook Kui? The, oh, the yeah. Chinese guy Joe. is 7'2". We, we call him Joe. 7'2", <laughs> and he's got a 7'9 wingspan. And, he, and in China, he was the defensive player of the year over there. So, you know, I oh, right, expect right, – and right. I think he's the best fit for the – I think he's a good fit for that Dan Antonio office. You're going to see a lot of players that would usually be in the D League this year because of the roster, because of uh, giving up their whole uh, backups to the to the Clippers. You're going to see a lot of those guys from the D League coming up to the play in, in, in the uh, on the Rockets this year. You know, they're not going to play heavy minutes, but they're going to play some. You know, and, and uh, uh, with PJ Tucker, that's a huge time pickup, and when it comes to defense and everything else, that guy's the only person I, I've seen that can guard LeBron James. And ain't, ain't really nobody can guard him. And I, I hate to say that he can guard him, but I, I'm just saying he's, he's up there where he can guard him. You know what I'm saying? That's the only person I've seen that's able to. Well, you know, um, But with, with, with Luke, uh, Coach, I don't see – I don't understand how that guy keeps getting checks in this league. That guy's horrible. I hate, to, I hate to break everybody's bubble with that guy, but I don't, I don't understand how this guy keeps getting checks. I'm willing to say that you're going to change your tune if you have, if he gets minutes this year and you see him because you know he can knock down the corner three and he can play you know some decent defense and he wants to play defense he knows what is, that's his role he's not going to ruffle any feathers uh, I don't know I, I think you might change your, your tune on that I, I watched him a bunch in, in, in uh, the Clippers and of course yeah his his offensive skill is is a little bit above like Tony Allen but. Um, you know, there's there's some stuff there. That I think that he again. When we talked about Ryan Anderson being a better fit than Melo, well, he's not. He's maybe not a better player. Well, I think uh, Mabab Mute is a, is a good a good fit for the, what the Rockets need. I don't think he's a good fit for Dan Antonio's system. I can tell you that that guy's like a 28 or 29 percent career three point shooter. He had a good season last year shooting the ball. I get that. You know, I see why Maury always does that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I understand that. Come on, man, that, that guy, that guy's horrible. He's he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's the modern day uh, Corey Brewer uh, minus the defense. I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying? That, that's how I feel. I mean, other people are different. I don't know. You look at he he's been. I, I didn't see nothing on him point. in the L.A. Clippers. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. His three point shooting's been trending up. I do know I got to break out the numbers by uh, by position by uh, part the, uh, spot on the floor. But I do remember that for most of the season, if not the whole season, uh, that corner three. Remember the D'Antoni offense generates corner threes. 
Um, and he, if he can um, find his way in the offense to get to that position, that's going to be uh, an area. Where, and they're going to give him the shot. So it's almost like, uh, it, it, you know, there'll be wide open shots. I, I think he'll be okay there, and I think he'll be able to play, uh, you know, better defense than others. Because remember, you still have Trevor Ariza. I mean, I, it's weird because D'Antoni almost has ways where he can go out with, like, a, a kind of defensive club as well, where you can kind of get Mute and Ariza mm-hmm. around, like, Chris Paul and, and Capella, and all of a sudden you got, like, four good defenders out there. That's going to be a really interesting look for them. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But I don't and again, we're talking about Dan Antonio who doesn't who doesn't care about defense. You know what I'm saying? I tell you what, he wouldn't play Capella if, if Darren Moore didn't make him. You know what I'm saying? Cuz he wants he wants to stretch five, right? Yeah. Capella's not that guy. You know, so uh, he's not going to put that many damn defenders out there. Reason's a good three-point shooter, especially in the playoffs. All his all his stats go up. You know, he's a clutch player and he's one of those players that are, are a great fit for Harden. But he's getting up there in age and I believe and I believe this coach P.J. Tucker's a better option on defense than Trevor Reza is. I've always felt that Reza's been overrated on defense, so I'm with you on that one. And In fact, I, yeah. I had high hopes for P.J. Tucker being on the guard uh, LeBron in the playoffs last year, and it just, didn't, it just didn't work out. But you're right, he's got the body for it, and he's got the mindset for it. And at the very least, they can't even worry about LeBron yet because they got to deal with you know, Mr. Durant and Mr. Curry. So that's going to be their main concern anyway. Uh, do I wonder how do they match up with the Warriors then? When you're looking at it, you got you know I guess you can have Chris Paul trying to beat up on Curry, and then you'll have Harden having to go against Clay, which is interesting. Um, it t- to me, it almost sounds like there's a notion that the Rockets, if, especially if they want to get mellow, for, for instance, that they what they want to do is outscore the Warriors. They they feel like the way to do it is is winning 128 yeah. to 122. Right. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know. They- but they had that same offense last year. They were second in offensive rating. So, you know what I'm saying, with Ryan Anderson. Does that take a step back with Melo, or does that take a step forward? No, it doesn't take a step forward. The Warriors are unfair, okay? There is nobody that's going to beat the Warriors. I'm here to tell the world. KD, Curry, Clay, Draymond, that's an unbelievable lineup. It's not. They, can put out, they put out a whole bunch of rookies and second-year players for their backups last year, and they still whooped up on people. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I understand where it's coming from. You know, James Harden and Chris Paul are going to put a lot of pressure. See, uh, 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 I want to throw this stat out to everyone. Uh, Defensive box plus minus last year, uh, uh, James Harden was a 1.6, all right? Uh, I'm sorry, 1.5. LeBron James was 1.6, plus 1.6. Klay Thompson was a minus 2.1. They're over – I've never been a fan of of Klay Thompson's defense. I love his effort on it, but he's one – he's an overrated defender, too. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he can't guard Harden. He's never been able to guard Harden. I don't, I don't care what anybody tells you. They're, they're, they're lying to you because the Warriors don't play one person on, 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 one, def- on, one, on one player. They right. switch multiple guys on these guys like the Spurs do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know the, the, the real problem last year, Coach, it was the 7 a.m. that he is never going to beat Pop. He is never going to beat Kerr until he fixes that. You got to go to your bench. You wear, you wore these guys down last year in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you put them in the ground. You know how, you, how are they going to compete with KD and them when Steve Kerr believes in rest, when Popovich believes in giving these guys rest and believes in guys? You know what I'm saying? You can't play a guy all year and then decide, you know, I'm going to put him on the bench. So I, I, I don't, I, I don't see them. I don't see anybody beating the Warriors until uh, KD, Curry, Clay, and Draymond are all off, off that team. Draymond is the most important player on that team, too, also. A lot yeah. of people don't understand that. He's their, he's, their, he's their point guard. He's their rebounder. He's their 
uh, def- uh, rim protector. You know, he's all that. He's the leader. You know what I'm saying? The guy, the guy, they take them, if you take that guy off that team, they're losing 10 or 15 games. You know what I'm saying? That's how important Draymond Green is. And you saw that in the last finals where they where they suspended them one game or for you know kicking the go nads and and, and 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 you saw the effects of it. They lost that game, yeah. you know, and they lost that series in general because they lost their confidence. All right, so you just you just you know took D'Antoni to the uh, the woodshed for not playing his guys in the playoffs. Who in particular <laughs> are you really upset about then that didn't get run in the playoffs that maybe should have? Oh, absolutely, Montrez real. This is a dream player for uh, uh, Doc Rivers. Grail and Beverly, uh, he's going to get the best out of them. They played them all last year. They played them in the playoffs, maybe one or two minutes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they played them a couple minutes, and they, and they took them out. And they only played them because Nene went down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, and think about it. Nene went down because why? He played a lot of minutes. Coach, he's 30 what, 35, 36? Yep. Dan Antonio's got to stop this crap. He's got to get over it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I know he's he's old school. He wants to win all these games, and he doesn't trust any of the young players to do that. He's like that. He's of a different era where, you know, to me it's like here's a chance in the middle of a, of the, of a, of a February game where you get a chance that let's get Harold some 30 minutes tonight and really see how he does. We lose it, ah, we lose the game. It's, it, you know, it's not the biggest thing, but I don't think he feels that way uh, and, and from a trust standpoint. It's too bad because it's like there are still some coaches out there in the league that do that. Um, and, you know, meanwhile, a guy like Steve Kerr, you know, they get Jordan Bell, who could conceivably be Draymond Green 2.0. And you know that he's going to get minutes. He's going to play all year long and develop because of that. Whereas another coach like, you know, Phil Jackson used to say, oh, he's a rookie. I'm not going to play him. Uh, and then they don't develop for a while. And so I, I, I feel like it's that, that's why it's unfair for the Warriors. You could argue that they probably had the best team of all time last year, right? I, mean, I think, you know, we're certainly the top two. Yeah, I agree. And they might have improved more than anybody else in the offseason. Yeah, you're right. You're right, man. I don't know what to say. I, 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 can't, I can't say nothing bad about the Warriors because they play the style of game that you would love your team to play. They play number one in defense. And number one in offense, or or they was number two in defense, one or two, but they were number one in in, in defense and one number two in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what they do, man. You can't be, you can't beat a team if they if they don't have no flaws. You right. know what I'm saying? Kevin Durant went 35 for 35 points against LeBron James per game on 56 or 57 percent shooting and 47 percent for three. Yeah. That's damn amazing. All right. Against LeBron James. Well, you know, LeBron is not a defender anymore. <laughs> and he certainly hasn't been able to defend Kevin Durant for a while. However, let me throw this out there because this came up on Twitter. I'm curious your take. Um, I feel like after a couple of years, people are going to slowly start to forget about Kevin Durant's decision to go to Golden State and be and hold him as a – consider him a snake. I feel like everyone's memories are so short these days that we kind of – it just goes away. The anger goes away, and, we're, and what we're left with was like you know, all these rings and how well he played in the finals and all that stuff. Don't, don't you agree or do you think that people are going to, you know, 10 years from now still be burning Durant uh, OKC jerseys? Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, did you see his little uh, hat he came out with with a cupcake and a ring on it? You know what I'm saying? That, that, uh, that's, that's, that's only adding fuel to the fire. You know what I'm saying? And then he goes on Twitter saying some crazy stuff about the OKC and gets caught. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man, I'm waiting for the day for when Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook tell me that they didn't like each other and that's why they left one another. And I'm waiting for Kevin Durant to say, you know what, Russell Westbrook, you took too many damn shots. And you know what I'm saying? When I should have got the ball, I'm waiting for you to just tell me the damn truth. You know what I'm saying? Don't oh. lie to me on, on, on 
Tweet. Yeah, but he's he said, I mean, you know, if you piece together all the little, you know, all the Bill Simmons podcast interviews, you can pretty much get that sense that like he he didn't like right. He didn't want like playing with Russ. And I know they said they were best friends during that time. And that could be debatable as well. But at the very least, he didn't like playing with Russ. I, it sounded like he didn't like Donovan either. And the way he sort of and, and my take on it was he said he wanted more structure. And that, to me, that just meant he wanted him to coach more and stop like letting Russ do what Russ wanted to do. Uh, and I mean, here come all the Russell Westbrook fans on me. But either way, it really felt like because oh, remember, yeah. if Kevin Durant was in that position and uh, playing that the point guard position, and, you know, and he could take advantage of shot selection and, and decision making, then Russ could have left and had the same argument. But the bottom line was Russ was the guy. He has been the lightning rod uh, for a number of players that have gotten out of there for various reasons. And um, at some point, you got to put on that Michael Jackson song and look in the mirror. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, you send all your Russell Westbrook fans over to me, okay? Because <laughs> okay. Russell Westbrook was one of the worst efficient scorers in the league last year, okay? That's why they had the 10th best record. He was jumping over, he was not even playing defense the whole year. He was, he was settling, trying to get the rebound. You seen that? He was jumping up, trying to get re. He's standing by the rim and, and leaving his man wide open to get rebounds. He was, he was telling his players, "Don't grab the rebound. I'm gonna get it." This is what, this is what the OKC fans are so lost with. Listen, let me tell you something. Oh, he gets the ball so he can drive it up to the ground. No, that's not what he was doing. He was grabbing rebounds to get his triple and get his uh, uh, triple doubles. That's what he was worried about all year. Wasn't worried about wins. It showed in the playoffs. He did the same thing, uh, shooting his team out of wins. You know what I'm saying? Pass the ball. You're one of the worst shooters on your team. All right. I don't care how many assists you got. You know. I, I, let me. Another thing, coach. I, I, I've been so pissed off about this. You know, they want to say, well, he had the fifth or sixth best. No, they had the tenth best record in the NBA. The Rockets had the third best record in the NBA. How the hell do you give it to Russell Westbrook? Damn. Oh, I just so about. It. I don't want to talk about it no more. Because you're going. I'm gonna have all these OKC fans up my butt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you need you know, to understand. It doesn't matter how many shots you shoot. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear it. I mean, you know, James Hollis and I, uh, Snotty Drippin on uh, Twitter, we're, we're supposed to have a big Russell Westbrook uh, showdown podcast. I should just send you for me instead, and you go at him because I know every number. I know every stat, Coach. You know what I'm saying? I've been I've been watching eyeing this guy down all year. I've been watching videos for the last two weeks on this. Yeah. You know, so I wrote an article last week on on how how uh, uh, Russell Westbrook was just chasing rebounds. And he had he had two more rebounds than Harden, two more rebounds. And when you look at all the efficient scoring, none of it even is close to Harden. Yeah, not and, even close. And then there was some stats. I mean, uh, I it was like fifty six. Yeah. There was, a, there was a stat about him contesting shots, I believe, as well, where he, he literally didn't contest hardly any shots comparative to any other point guards in the league. Which, which to centers. What you're saying. To centers. Coach, to centers. Whiteside. They, they, they contested more three-pointers than damn uh, Russell Westbrook. That's a problem, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't care what anybody said. Right, let me tell you something. Russell Westbrook is a good defender when he wants to be a good defender. I'm not saying that, he, that he's, not a bad, he's, he's a bad defender. What I'm saying is that he was chasing triple doubles over winning. That's a problem, and they rewarded him for it. That's yeah. terrible. When have you ever seen anybody with that type of record and that type of effic- uh, uh, worse, shoot, uh, worse efficient score, score, scoring and, and get the MVP? It's never been done. Oscar Robinson has never won, didn't win the MVP when he averaged a triple double because his team wasn't good. Let's yeah. be real, man. 
They I gave mean, it to him know. because they all was happy that yeah. KD left. You know what I'm saying? They gave it to him. It's narratives. You it's know, not it, it was a narrative, yeah. and it, it was a, a historic season, and you have to you know acknowledge that it, no one had done that since Oscar. So there was something there, but. Um, but, you know, and, and I agree. I mean, I, I don't know. Certainly Harden deserved to win the MVP as much or more, I suppose, than, than Russ. Um, I do know that, like, you know, in the NBA, I think that Harden scares more teams than Russ does. I feel like uh, most of those teams in the NBA will say Russ will probably, you know, get his numbers, but will probably do two or three things that will hurt them in the fourth quarter and we'll be able to take the game. Harden, on the other hand, doesn't make those kind of mistakes and put so much pressure no. on the other defense that that's who that's what scares them the most. And I think you know that's what we missed out with the Warriors uh, Rockets series last year was that he just didn't have any gas left. No, and, and the other thing too, uh, a lot of people don't they didn't point this out. Harden made everyone better last year. Everyone had career years thanks to Harden. You know what I'm saying? He's figured it out. He's figured it out what it takes to win and when what do you have to do? And he's worked and he's been unselfish about it at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, he was number one in assists per game last year. They moved him from point I mean they moved him from shooting guard to point guard and didn't complain about it not once. He just did what he had to do and, and made his teammates better. Russell Westbrook did not make anybody better on his team last year. You want to tell me all the people had a couple uh, went went a little higher in, in three point percentage? Okay, that's fine. That, that that's expected when, when you have a when you have somebody that, you know that's a force like that on offense. Everybody's stats had to go down because of all the rebounding and like Russell Westbrook. It's terrible what's going down there. OKC. They won't be until Russell Westbrook changes his game and says, you know what? I need to start staying efficient. That team will still be on uh, fourth or fifth next year. And Paul George will be gone. He will be in L.A. Lakers next year. Right. Well, that's a good prediction. We'll have to find out how that works. It sounds That sounds about reasonable. But, I, you know, whether or not Russell Westbrook has made uh, the, the game worse or better for his team, you certainly made the, the podcast better for coming on the show today. So, uh, Kurt Lowe, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And uh, you guys got to check him out. He calls in. Uh, you call in daily, right, to the SiriusXM NBA? I wouldn't, call, I wouldn't say calling in. I said calling in to arrest uh, Eddie Johnson and Tremaine. You okay. know what I'm saying? That's from uh, 3, 3, o'clock, 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock in the afternoons on Sirius XM. Check out them guys. They're really good at what they do. And also, man, y'all better check out B-Ball Breakdown and, and my boy Coach Nick. Coach Nick uh, breaks it down all day, every day. The man works harder than most people in the business. You know what I'm saying? Put some damn respect on Coach Nick's name, man. Hey. Thank you so I'm sorry, much. I had well, to this point will that be a, a really exciting season because uh, you know we're just keep getting bigger and bigger, and uh, we're gonna we have a lot of cool cool stuff to come out with. I uh, actually, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm gonna start going a lot of the um, shoot arounds and getting one on one interviews. Like I've done those in the past, and I'm gonna actually start doing a thing where you could pay like I don't know two bucks a month and get access to all of those interviews, uh, the raw footage. What do you think? People are gonna want to see that, right? I pay for it. That's for damn sure. All right, well, that's, that, that's one big thing we're going to do. And we're also going to choose a couple teams and have a writer assigned to that team. And so if you pay, you know, we'll do a premium content. Uh, we'll have to figure out what it is. But you're going to get uh, up to, like, eight articles a month specifically about the teams, you know, the, you know, the Rockets maybe and the Cavaliers. We're going to do a couple teams. Uh, and I'm excited about that, too. So we're going to get, like, we'll have, like, beat writers this year a little bit. So uh, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to see more of what's going on with you. Don't forget, everyone, you can follow Kurt Lowe at – 
SWH Town 30. And uh, that's where you want to follow him. He's a great follower, too, and he really knows his rocket stuff. So, Kurtlow, uh, thanks for coming on. No, thank you, Coach. And, man, y'all have a blessed day, man, and appreciate all your support for Houston. You got it. And don't forget, sports fans, that people breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Kurtlow? I'm in. <laughs>